We've got sexy and sultry prints up in here for this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. It's time to get scandalous. And joining me on this episode is Chris Lacey. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Welcome. Uh, I know Batman is kind of your jam, man. Like, not just the song, Bat Dance, or the album, but we're doing Scandalous today, another one of your favorite songs, if I understand correctly. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, as I've been asking all of my guests for the Batman album, I want them to tell me their Batman experience. So, mm-hmm. like, what was it about the Batman album that uh, that you saw intrigued you or was it a sound was it the whole multimedia experience to go along with the movie what mm-hmm. is it about batman chris that that draws you in and um kind of give me a little bit more about your history with the album sure sure so um so yeah my first exposure to the batman album was through the movie and uh, because i was born in 90 i didn't uh check out the movie until i was like 14 15 years old and um, I remember just watching through to the end credits whenever Danny Elfman's theme is playing. And the next thing I knew, the music switches and I hear Scandalous. And I remember stopping dead in my tracks. And I'm thinking to myself, who the heck is this? And as the, you know, as the credits, you know, come to a close, I see Prince. And I'm like, so that's who that is. Because before that, I just had cursory knowledge of Prince. Like I, I knew of Purple Rain, 1999 and Kiss. But that was pretty much it because I, you know, I was obsessed with uh, Michael Jackson's music for most of my life. So um, that was like my first bite of the purple rock, <laughs> if we could say. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then uh, later on, um, uh, for my 21st birthday, my mom surprised me with Prince tickets. And I saw him during the Welcome to America tour. And he happened to slide in scandalous. And I went berserk because it took me way back to when I was 14, 15. And I heard the song for the first time. And then fast forward to uh, 2016, um, I joined uh, Albumism.com. It's a, uh, a music journalism website that most people have probably heard of by this point. They've got a huge following now. Um, but that's when I first started writing, like, officially. Prior to that, I, you know, I d- didn't have a journalism degree or anything to my name. I was simply a guy that loved having musical conversations online, and that's how um, I got the invitation to write for Albumism. So going into fast forward into uh, 2019, uh, that's when the Batman album is celebrating its 30th anniversary. And, you know, our head editor, you know, said, hey, does anyone want to take a stab at this? I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. Um, But by that time, you know, my opinion of the album was a negative one (laughs) because I'm pretty much. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just read what most people had had to say about the Batman album. And, um, you know, going into, you know, writing about it, really the only songs I cared for were uh, Party Man, Scandalous, and Bat Dance, you know, and all three of those were singles. But the more time I spent with the album, the more I thought to myself, man, I don't get why people hate this record. You know, to me, it's it it, it's, it has everything that a classic Prince record should have. Um, so that was my approach going into Batman 30 is like, I'm going to create a defense piece where anyone that has a problem with Batman, I'm going to make it extremely hard <laughs> for you mm-hmm. to have this same opinion after you read my article. And the response I got was phenomenal. Like, I couldn't even believe it. Like, even now, um, albumism each year will, uh, you know, they'll celebrate, you know, the most read articles in the entire uh, history of the website. And to this day, my Batman piece is still in the top five. And, and I'm just, I'm stunned by that. 
so since then, um, I do have the article on my medium.com uh, page. So uh, I'm happy to give you the link and we can put it in the show notes or whatever we need to. But yeah. Um, but yeah, but that that was that to me was when I found my voice as a storyteller. Because prior to that, I had done articles for albumism.com, but I was trying to write like everybody else because I had no idea what I was doing. But it was the Batman album that helped me find my voice as a storyteller. And again, just seeing the responses I got from that article let me know, okay, I need to, you know, I need to, you know, if, if someone reads something, I want it to feel like a Chris Lacey piece. I don't want it to feel like something they read on Pitchfork or, you know, Pop Matters or, or, or wherever. I want people to know like, yo, like Chris Lacey wrote this and this is dope. So that's, you know, that has a lot to do with my love for the Batman album. Um, mm. but, uh, but yeah, uh, scandalous was my first, uh, bite of the purple rock and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we are. And absolutely. I think that's a great idea. I will link your, what, in whatever way you want me to link it, like to your medium, you said medium.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be maybe the best way I could link it so people can check it out if they haven't already. Cause you know, Batman defense is a thing. Like, <laughs> as you mentioned, <laughs> it was receiving a lot of hate for a while and and i mentioned this in previous episodes i i really think it's not because of the the perceived quality of batman it's just because of what came before it mm-hmm. and what came before it as many think is one of the greatest album runs you know decade long album runs in the history of music for sure uh, you know stevie wonder would be up there as well but yep. mm-hmm. in his 70s run but boy it's really hard to stack up an 80s run like prince had and batman is where some people start to cite a drop off in quality mm-hmm. and that's but if you throw batman in with against a lot of other people's you know third fourth fifth best album it it's it doesn't compare for the most part so many I other agree. artists you know have maybe one two three good solid albums if batman is prince's 15th or 20th best album that is that is high praise considering uh, how good it is. That just says how strong his discography is, mm-hmm. top to bottom. If you're calling something with as much quality on it as Batman, yeah. you know a guy's twentieth best record or fifteenth best record. Seriously, I, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think and, I have and, it probably in my top twenty, but I don't think I have it in my top ten. And okay. I love Batman. I love Batman. Yeah. that's that's me saying that. No, no, no. And, and I'm glad you said that because that, again, the, the conviction that I had as I was researching this album the first go around, I'm like, okay, I need, I want to come up with an airtight checklist of everything that people expect in a classic Prince record. And if you go back and you, and you stack Batman up to that checklist, like there's, it ticks off the boxes emphatically. So I'll go through that checklist really quick. Uh, cinematic storytelling, genre blurring sounds, limitless vocal range, guitar god moments, global appeal, and that slight touch of the bizarre. Like if you if you compare that checklist to any other classic Prince record or a record that you can consider a classic, then you'll find those elements in there. And when I stack that up with Batman, it ticks off all the boxes. So to me, it, and again, there's a little bit of bias in there, but objectively, you can make an argument for it to be top 10 in Prince's records. So yeah. that, that's that's my take on it. Okay. Well, folks will be able to uh, read your take and decide for themselves if they agree or if they don't agree or whatever, or somewhere in between. So yeah, that's the that's the beauty of uh, music is that subjectivity and you know some lively and spirited debates ones can have against 
putting pitting music against each other. It's all subjective, mm-hmm. so it's really just all about us trying to things that we love, trying to get other people to enjoy it in the same way we do and trying to open their eyes and and help them understand why we find something so compelling or so uh so amazing for for us that maybe that person won't understand it or never get it which is fine but we can have Mm -hmm. that conversation and nobody's wrong right i mean that's that's the beauty of it nobody's wrong you can't be wrong with something subjective like art yeah, yeah, that and that's the thing. I think that's something that's missing from um, just everyday conversation, whether you're talking to someone face to face or even and especially online, is that we've made many topics of, of this versus that when sometimes there's room for both and. Um, mm-hmm. And I enjoy those nuanced conversations, especially when it comes to things that I enjoy and one of them being Prince's music. So that's why I enjoy what you're doing. Um, with your channel is you're inviting people with different worldviews and different perspectives. And the, but the common interests or, or the, or the common ground there is our appreciation for Prince. So that gives us an opportunity to not only share what we know, but there's also an opportunity for us to learn something from the other person. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a rare artist that can have such a diverse body of work mm-hmm. where you could find two people that love Prince and love his music might have completely divergent tastes um outside of prince mm-hmm. or even within his own discography so mm-hmm. that that is such a fascinating uh aspect of of the prince fandom is you can find people that are rock fans hip-hop fans r&b fans soul fans and they'll still find commonality within prince but they might they might gravitate towards certain parts of his discography or certain sounds certain songs Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still, at the end of the day, enormous admirers of of Prince and his music. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> well said. So let's move on to Scandalous. All right. Yeah. So Scandalous, um, just real house, quick housekeeping, was the fourth single released from the Batman soundtrack. Mm-hmm. A soundtrack that only had nine songs. Four of them were released in the United States. Five of them were released in some parts of the con- or some parts of the world. But in the United States, this was the fourth and, and final single release from the album. Um, it was a pretty pretty big hit on the R&B charts. It went top five. So uh, on that chart, and in certain markets, and certain radio stations really played this song a lot. Um, not too dissimilar, I think, probably for some of the successes he had on the radio, on, on black radio stations for songs like Adore. Do Me mm-hmm. Baby, like mm-hmm. these types of ballads maybe didn't uh, catapult Prince to uh, the top of the pop charts, but they were heavy rotation songs on black radio stations and on the R&B charts. So people who say like, oh, well, Scandals wasn't a big hit. Well, depends on depends on where you're looking for hits. Right. It depends on which, you know, which radio stations you were listening to in 1989. Mm hmm. I believe if the if Prince Vault is accurate, which it normally is, mm-hmm. this was recorded in October of 1988, which means that it predates Prince's involvement in Batman because that really didn't start coming about until December of 88. So he mm-hmm. had written and recorded this song with who knows what in mind. I don't think he even really maybe understood what he planned to do with it. He just yeah. knew he had a, he had an amazing uh, ballad. That he wanted to get out there because you know he was juggling a few different projects whether it was going to be you know he had the, the rave into the joy fantastic project that he was working on 
mm-hmm. started working on stuff for Graffiti Bridge. He was touring for Love Sexy. And then Batman came along. And all that stuff had to just kind of be uh, put on back burner for the moment. And Scandalous works. Uh, I mean, it, it makes for a really cinematic. And, you know, I, you mentioned this word in your opening uh, discussion about your your piece on for albumism about Batman and, and your defense of it. You use the word cinematic. And I think this mm-hmm. song has a very cinematic quality to it. And uh, mm-hmm. the filmmakers of the movie must have felt the same way to include it as, you know, another song over the closing credits for the film. You know, that's that's a pretty prominent placement in a movie. Like, this is only one of three songs from the soundtrack that really get prominent placement in the film mm-hmm. itself. It doesn't yeah. have placement in any of the, you know, the, the scenes themselves, like Party Man and Trust. There's no, like, Joker scene or Batman scene that has scandals in the background. But to put the song on the closing credits also speaks to, I think, the quality and the strength that this song carries with it. Yeah, I was going to make a quick comment about that. Um, I had, uh, I came across a video online where they 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 go in into like the behind the scenes of each movie, and um, there's a rumor out there that there is a deleted scene on the cutting room floor at Warner Brothers uh, where there was a love scene between Batman and Vicky Vale, where uh, when she comes into the the cave for the first time and she's connecting the dots of okay, well Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same person. Um, they deleted uh, a, a scene, a love scene of theirs, and Scandalous is on the backdrop of that. So I'm like, man, it'd be great if we could see what that would look like. If, if it's, you know, they ever do like a, you know, I don't know, like a Batman 50th edition or something. Yeah, yeah, that would be kind of cool to see if that's still out yeah. there, if it's if that footage still exists and didn't get right, right. lost to time. Um, another thing about this song is it's another one of those songs that, that Prince gave co-writing credit to his father, John L. John L. Nelson. Um, mm-hmm. th- th- it's not documented if and what contributions his father made to this song. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could be something as simple as a melody that that John had recorded on piano and Prince picked up or, you know, had something that he saw John do live and, and incorporated it into his, you know, into this song, into this music. Or it could just simply be an instance where, you know, Prince really felt inspired by him in some form or fashion and felt generous in in offering him some co-writing credit. I mean, at the end of the day, co-writing credit, what does that give you somebody? It gives them a chance to earn money from uh, uh, royalties, you know? So Yeah, yeah, from publishing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's important. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that was my takeaway from it is that, you know, based on the research I did, I couldn't find anything, um, you know, substantial that said, hey, this is this is what John you know, contributed from a musical standpoint. So I'm thinking, OK, maybe this is, you know, Prince extending an olive branch to his dad, you know, as a as a publishing flex in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's certainly theories out there that that is what had occurred over the years whenever Prince would put his father's name as a co-writer, uh, there's theories, unsubstantiated theories, because unless we're Prince, we'll never know. Right. But there are theories that he did that mainly to provide his father some uh, opportunities to earn money from mm-hmm. Prince's music. Yeah. From, you know, like you said, publishing royalties. 
the last thing I want to mention about this song before we start looking and digging into the lyrics is just a real brief mention of the music video recorded mm-hmm. um, for the song. I think it's a very stripped down, basic music video. Like it's bare bones. It's prints and a microphone. Instead of piano and a microphone, it's prints and a microphone. <laughs> uh, it's got the back black backdrop. He's wearing a red sleeveless outfit mm-hmm. and he's basically seducing the microphone and seducing the viewers of the video throughout the entire runtime it is very it's very kind of intimate video um, from a couple different perspectives just because of you know prince looking into the camera quite intensely um you know the way that he uh, performs the song with the microphone it's kind of erotic at times and mm-hmm. you know he's like stroking the microphone and he's just he's really getting into it and and, and basically expressing the emotions that this song uh, provides and con- and conveying that visually, you know, in a visual medium in a way that we could only hear on the, on the, the soundtrack itself and the single. So it's, yeah. it's a good accompaniment. I think it, you know, it's, it's like a really simple video, but if you're into watching Prince perform and you're into watching him move and interact with the camera and the viewers, then I think it's a really good one. If you're looking for a story or looking for some kind of like cool visual cues, maybe it's going to come across as a little too simple for your taste. But yeah, uh, I, I like it. What What are your thoughts on the video? Chris? Yeah, I, I dig it as well. Um, when I saw the music video for the first time, I took it as like this is um, you know Prince's way of uh, you know maybe he took some inspiration from uh, Jennifer Beale on a uh, uh, flash dance or something, you know, like this is <laughs> yeah. his interpretation of it or magic Mike before magic Mike was a thing, you know? <laughs> right. um, but, uh, but, but no, you're right though. I, 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 I can appreciate the music video because it does highlight one of his more underrated talents, which is uh, he, he does um, a magnificent job of performing on stage. And usually when we think of performance, we're thinking, you know, him with instruments or, things like that. But I do think he is an underrated dancer and, and also with his facial expressions, like he has a Charlie Chaplin uh, thing about him where he can tell mm-hmm. a story by just with a stare or, you know, giving someone the side eye, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, so it, it's great to see that sort of, um, uh, you know, that sort of platform, you know, highlight that element about his artistry. I think it is one of the more underrated parts of, uh, of who he is as an entertainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with that more. Mm. And as far as like this song, to me, this song's strengths lie in Prince's vocal performance. I like the music. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say I don't. But I think where this strong, this song's strengths lie is in the way Prince performs the song. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very seductive track. You know, I mean, throughout the song, he's singing about how he wants to you know be with somebody and you know they just can't he just can't wait you know it's it's going to be scandalous it's going to be marvelous it's going to be amazing tell him what to do you know and just these are the things that he's conveying throughout the lyrics of the song but the way he performs it like his voice cracks at times it's kind of raspy sounding mm-hmm. it sounds like it's strain it's straining a bit in a way that his falsetto wasn't straining in his early career like mm-hmm. when he would do his falsetto on for you or prince or dirty mind you know it was really it was like a really clean falsetto 
and he can, can still do that and he continued to do that throughout his career but there's something about his performance his vocal performance on this song that just sounds a little different to me mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's intentional or if it was just the way that he was singing this song but there seems to be like a desperation or desire like a, an overwhelming desire throughout his vocal performance that comes through i think in a way that it maybe doesn't on some of his other ballads like it certainly didn't come through that way in arms of orion that was a more sincere yeah uh, duet this one is is much more sensual and much more erotic even though it's not explicit really at all Mm -hmm. Uh, not in a way that some of his other you know ballads of this this ilk can mm-hmm. come across this is a pretty chaste song overall there's a couple of lines that you could like you can interpret to mean things but uh i mean as far as his performance of this song w- do you think that that's one of the strongest aspects of the song to you chris or what do you find to be the most compelling part of the song is it the lyrics is it the music is it the performance is it a combination yeah yeah honestly i would say uh it's it's a combination but but since we're on the topic of his uh of his vocal ability then then yes i i do think that it is um if i had to rank them you know prioritize them i would say that the his vocal ability um is at the top of the list you know because again like you said like there, there's moments where his falsetto is uh elegant and then there's other times that it's a little edgy and mm-hmm. It, and it's reminiscent of uh, Doomy Baby, like you know, in that way where yeah, there, there there's some, you know, there's there, there's some edginess to it, but there's still some grace that comes with it. So I think it's sort of a callback, whether it was intentional or not, to a ballad, you know, or or a love song like uh, like Doomy Baby. Like to me, yeah. it was a, a throwback to that era. Yeah, yeah, and I would agree. And I actually really like Doomy Baby, which maybe explains why I like this song so much as mm-hmm. well yeah uh going and i mean i I will just mention also briefly and and i haven't decided how i'm going to handle this for the uh, for the podcast but there's a Mm -hmm. whole there's a whole ep yes surrounding this song the scandalous sex suite yes it's it's got um three tracks that basically are uh reimagining reimagined versions of this song he he uh, labels them the crime the passion and the rapture mm-hmm. and there's also a b-side on the 12-inch single for scandalous called sex mm-hmm. and so like combine like you combine scandalous you combine sex and you combine the scandalous sex suite you've got like 30 to 40 minutes worth of music that leans heavily you know onto this this core track uh, yeah. as the basis yeah. So if you love Scandalous, then what are you doing? Buy Scandalous Sex Week because it's this <laughs> times about five. You know, I mean, it's it's a it's a solid, solid EP. I really enjoyed that EP. And it's also kind of infamous for having um, his girlfriend at the time, the actress, actress Kim Basinger on it. Mm-hmm. Played, of course, Vicki Vale in Batman. She's present on the album. I'll just put it that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I always kind of wondered because as we get towards the end of this song, you kind of hear some female vocals, we'll call them moaning, mm-hmm. uh, whimpering. And I don't know who exactly that is. I don't know if you ever uncovered that, if it's Kim or, but I don't think it, unless he added it post production because if he wouldn't have met her yet in the fall of 1988. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure who that is. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, so I'm so glad you brought that up because I was like, are we going to say that towards the end or are we going to, you know, tackle well, it now? Well, I, so I, I got ahead of myself, so we're talking about it now. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Okay, so in my article, I said that if you want to learn how to speak fluent pillow talk, then the scandalous sex week is your Rosetta Stone. Yeah. Like that, that's my whole take on it. Um, now, uh, since we were talking about vocals a moment ago, I my favorite part of the EP is the passion because of the delayed vocal delivery, um, like you can hear like him, you know, sing some other parts uh, behind the, the main version that we know from the album. Um, and, you know, it's very similar to what he would do with like Pop Life or, or more importantly, uh, Forever In My Life, where there was a, a bit of a delay there. To me, that gives the song an, an extra dash of charm uh, there. And um, mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts, uh, throughout the whole EP where uh, Kim Basinger says, uh, it's so dark in here. And Prince says, I can see you. You know, what do I look like overdressed? I was like, yo, that's so dope, man. Like, you know, <laughs> Pr Princess is out here just having a good time, man. But um, but yeah, about the, um, the, the feminine sound effects that you hear at the end, I found out uh, through the Chicago Tribune, they wrote an article about this EP when it first came out. And the, the buzz was that, that things got steamy during the recording sessions uh, that uh, Prince had used a jar of honey to get her in the mood to record that song. And when staff came in the next day, they had to scrape off honey from the mixing board <laughs> because oh things God. got so steamy. So I'm like, <laughs> yo, like, my man Prince is out here, bro. He's out here. <laughs> <laughs> Dripping honey all over the <laughs> yeah, recording man. consoles. Yeah, like, hey. <laughs> Hey, do what you got to do, man, for the record. If it makes its way on record, then then do that. But um, but that that is one anything thing about, for the art. <laughs> yeah, anything for the art. Right. <laughs> but but that is something that um, I think should be a credit to Prince is that um, I would say we haven't heard anyone capture sex on record like that, probably since Marvin Gaye with Let's Get It On like that to me. It, you know, if. If that if that record cracked the bedroom door open, you know, let's get it on. Then a record like Scandalous rips that door off the hinges when you you know when you take into consideration what the Chicago Tribune had written, you know, about the recording of this song. So I mean, like that's just you know, hats off to Prince uh, on that because it it and I hate to sound like that old guy, you know, get off my lawn kind of thing, but there's no seduction in much of today's music. Yeah, and and I wonder if some of these young cats are you know like. You you got to get a woman in the mood, <laughs> you know. Like yeah. you know, like there's there 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 is an element of mystery and excitement that comes with sex, and I think a lot of guys are just so used to you know just cut to the chase, you know. And it's like no, like there's got to be some there's got to be some excitement in it too, you know. And and, and it's mm -hmm. for the both of you. Agreed, agreed. And I think that we've engaged in enough foreplay here, Chris. We should probably <laughs> <laughs> we should probably get started on talking about the lyrics. You ready? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. So the very first verse of the song is is quite lengthy. Um, there's there's a lot of lines going on here, a lot of stuff going on. So he doesn't have like a typical structure with you know four or five lines, chorus, another four or five lines, chorus. This first verse takes a while to get through, so bear with me. Oh, 
Come closer. Feel what you've been dying for. Don't be afraid, baby. Touch it and explode. Understand, understand that I love you, but more than that, I want you. Everybody always told me good things come to those who wait, but I've got so much on the menu, I just can't, I just can't, I can't wait, baby. I can't wait. I can't wait, baby. I could wrap my legs around you, girl. Because, sugar, you know you're just the kind of lover that I've been looking for. Tonight, why don't we skip all the foreplay, mama, and just get down here on the floor? Okay. Now, that line, I can wrap my... Did I say that right? Is it, I can't wait to wrap my legs around you, girl, or I can wrap my legs around you, girl? Uh, I don't have the... I, I have here... Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the lyrics. Um, till I can wrap my legs all around you, girl. Okay, yeah. All right. I can't wait till I can wrap my legs around you, girl. All right. Got yep. it right. I found lately, like, I sometimes question what's on the internet, and I don't have... I should be using the Batman printed lyrics... Mm-hmm. They're so damn, they're so damn small, and my eyes aren't <laughs> as good anymore. So I have to revert to these nice big transcribed lyrics. But then I have to always like question: Is that accurate? Because there's yeah. been too many times where I found that they aren't. So anyway, mm-hmm. I think we got it. I think we got it. Yeah. So there's, like I said, there's a lot going on here, you know. And then this is all sung very seductively and very slowly. Mm-hmm. Like that whole thing that I just read, you know, takes like I don't know, maybe a solid minute. Mm-hmm. Um, for Prince to get through to sing because he's he has intentional pauses in there, yep. and uh, the you know some of the repeating lines are there's pauses for effect, and he draws certain lines out. So me reading it doesn't obviously do the song and the performance justice. Not that I'm it's expected to, uh, but nevertheless, you know the way I look at it, this is a really kind of intense first verse. So it gives the listener. Exactly what this song is about. It's about, you know, a, a potential sexual encounter that he's having or wants to have with this woman. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of anticipation being built up here. Uh, this is all about anticipation to me. Like, if I had to use one word to sum up this first verse, that's what I would use. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts and what are your what are some of your takeaways on this first verse, Chris? Yeah, um, I, I I think you summed it up uh, quite well. The only thing that I would add to it is that, um, like you said, it, I, I would describe it as a quiet storm of seduction. You know, it it takes its time, and it's not afraid to get a little playful, a little raunchy. You know, in, in some mm-hmm. of the lyrics, but 
Um, but yeah, uh, when, when you take that, that, that first verse and then you couple it with, you know, uh, his simple use of the lindrum, the synth strings and, and that kind of thing, like the whole thing has the power to dim lights and ignite candles on their own accord. <laughs> I mean, like, that's just like perfect, you know, slow jam, you know, set the mood kind of vibe, uh, that he was going for. So that, that's what I get from the first verse. It, it, it sets the mood just right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and he, he makes sure that we know that it's mutual mm-hmm. because he says things like feel what you've been dying for. Mm-hmm. So that line by itself tells us that she's wanting it as much as he does. And then of course, right. later on he's, he expresses how much he wants it by the line. Good thing. Com- good things come to those who wait, but I've got so much on the menu. I just can't wait. I just mm-hmm. can't wait, baby. Uh, you're just the kind of lover I've been looking for. And then that last line, that last couplet of lines at the end of the verse, I think is one of the more memorable lines of the song. Like things mm-hmm. that when you're listening to the song, there's there's lines and words that I always kind of, when I think of the song, I think of the, the words that I, or the lines that I think of early on, don't be afraid, touch it and explode. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of a, a clear euphemism, but it's also, or it can be a double entendre, but I think it's also very just like, a lot of things can that could be interpreted to mean you know touch oh, yeah. touch my body um touch you know each other and and what will explode mm-hmm. a desire explodes um, right. the you know the the need and the want but then of course there's the double entendre that fits along yeah. with that <laughs> then at the end why don't we skip the foreplay and get down here on the floor mm-hmm. uh which is interesting for him to say that because in prince's his um sexy time ballads as i like to call them mm-hmm. he's all about the foreplay like the foreplay is like 90 percent of what he sings about mm-hmm. you know, the seduction the um the anticipation the building of pleasure uh through just things other than penetrative sex right like it's all about right. foreplay about prince's music mm-hmm. and but in this song he's basically saying we've we've already kind of gone through all of that we're experiencing mm-hmm. what we're, we're, we're experiencing right now has been a long lead up is what i get out of it at least a long lead up a lot of teasing each other and seduction and in anticipation as i mentioned mm-hmm. damn it it's time to actually consummate this thing let's get down here on the floor yeah and just do it we're gonna do it and that's what i get from like that line here is like they He's tired. He's en- he's had enough. <laughs> he's had enough of the anticipation and the foreplay. Let's just finally do the deed. Yeah, and, and, and I'm so glad you said that because if we look at the liner notes here, Scandalous is sung from the perspective of Batman, which to me makes this a companion piece to The Arms of Orion, which is a duet between Vicky Vale and Bruce Wayne, you know, the, the, the characters. So I think with the Batman side of Bruce Wayne, you know, he is more you know, um, adventurous or ambitious. So he's like, yo, like, let's just, let's just get to it. You know what I mean? And then we also got to think the track before that lemon crush is sung from from the perspective of Vicki Vale. And, you know, she's, you know, wrestling with, you know, her emotions of how she feels about, about Batman and Bruce Wayne. And, you know, that, that whole, you know, the whole dilemma there. Um, so again, I think that that's the beauty of, of this concept album. And, and, And I stress that because that is, a quality that is also lacking from today's music is that 
you know, artists like Prince, Michael Jackson, whoever, they took the time to build a world with their albums. And, and this is what Prince has done. I mean, to me, th this is him, you know, being a comic book artist in his own way. Like he's telling this unique story that complements the movie. Yet if you, you know, take these songs as they are, it's as if he's created his own comic book movie in a way. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. I think that, you know, this is, you know, him just cutting to the chase of like, you know what, like, Hey, let's not, let's not pussyfooting around. Let, let, let's get to it. You know, let's yeah. just get down here on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole album or, you know, half the album has been lead up and anticipation and, and you bring yeah. up a good point with lemon crush being this track before this, because that is a song that is very focused on the romantic aspects of the plot between mm -hmm. Bruce slash Batman and Vicky. Most of the album doesn't really focus too much on the nefarious side of, <laughs> of the film. We've got a couple of Joker songs and yeah, you know, but other than that, it's a lot, it's heavily focused on, um, you know, their romantic relationship. But anyway, so yeah, I, I I'm with you on that. It makes for a nice one, two punch, uh, Vicky and Batman singing these songs back to back. And, it makes sense for this to come after Lemon Crush because Lemon Crush is also more about unrequited or unfinished business. You know, mm -hmm. she's she's not sure if she wants it, then eventually she decides she is. She's she's really into him, and she's also just as eager, I think, as Batman is. Mm-hmm. Well said. All right, so then the chorus is a, a chorus that we get a few times in the song, so I'll read it this one time. Scandalous, talking about you and me. Marvelous, baby, baby, can't you see? Anything you've ever dreamed of, I'm willing to be. Tonight it's going to be scandalous, because tonight I'm going to be your fantasy. All right, so the chorus is... I like the chorus because it kind of <laughs> it uh, it tells us that when they get down on the floor, you know, they're skipping the foreplay and they're getting down on the floor. Mm -hmm. That is kind of a lead into this chorus. And, you know, we're already he's already telling us through this through that line in this chorus that we, we have to use our imaginations a bit as to what it is that they're going to do. That's mm -hmm. going to be so scandalous. <laughs> so it just it, it's a fun kind of like way to describe some like really freaky sex you know like it's going to be mm -hmm. scandalous <laughs> yeah it's going to be amazing but also like if our parents found out or if our friends knew you know they would consider it scandalous and also you can look at it as being scandalous in the context of batman and i know this song was not written with batman in mind right but but there's a lot of retrofitting going on with these songs and I'm cool with that because I like doing I like kind of retrofitting things too with my with my lyrical uh, breakdowns is mm -hmm. the whole relationship between the caped crusader and you know a civilian would exactly. be considered scandalous as well. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, dating Batman. I mean, who who gets to do that? How does right. he even how does he even have the capacity to date or to have a romantic relationship with somebody? So by mm-hmm. default, their relationship is scandalous. And so then yeah. you throw in some really hot sex on top of it. You've got you've got a scandalous situation. You sure do. Uh, <laughs> and and I know when Prince was writing this, he wasn't thinking of that in particular. You know, he was just kind of like, um, you know, insatiable and some of those other songs that he's written, those the sexy time ballads. Mm-hmm. It's a nice it's a nice fun word to 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 use to uh, describe a sexual encounter that's going to be basically the bomb um, mm-hmm. for both of them. And, and he's capable of providing that is what he's trying to say in the song. And together, like her passion, his passion together is just going to be it's going to be marvelous as he calls it. And it's going to be something quite memorable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm glad you said you mentioned about um, retrofitting because when I see the lines, I'm talking about you and me, uh, anything you've ever dreamed of, I'm willing to be, I don't think, even though the song is sung from Batman's perspective, I think that this uh, chorus is a mutual statement from both Vicki Vale and Batman, because with Batman, if we go back to Vicky Waiting, which is one of my favorite songs on the record, um, he wanted the same things as everyone else. You know, like he 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 wants to be this family man, but his obligation to be Batman is the reason why he doesn't have it. So now Kim is fulfilling that fantasy for him, and then he's fulfilling a, a fantasy of hers where she's also looking for companionship, and it happens to be, you know. The, this billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne, who also masquerades at night, you know, giving people dirt naps as Batman, you know. Um, so yeah, like it's it's just I see it as a mutual statement from both characters, uh, Vicky Vale and Batman, in that way. And like you said, I'm sure at the time when he originally wrote this, he wasn't thinking that far ahead. But um, but when it came time to consider songs for the album, I'm sure some of this probably was going through his mind of like, okay, I see how this fits within the context yeah. of the movie. Mm-hmm. I would imagine so as well. I like the line because tonight I'm going to be your fantasy because again that that falls in line very cleanly with a lot of Prince's ballads where he's expressed a desire to be the best, the best lover that he can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing ever been any selfish intentions with most of Prince's ballads and and love songs and sex songs. Tonight I'm going to be your fantasy. I'm here for you, mm-hmm. and and maybe that means keeping his uh, cape uh, cape on. You know, I mean, that maybe that's, mm. that's his fantasy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, she wants, to ro- she wants to role play a little bit. You know, I don't, I'm well just, play. I'm just joking, but nevertheless, I think uh, just the fact that he opens it up there and tonight I'm going to be your fantasy is tells me that he's he's down basically down for whatever and whatever it takes to make her happy in this encounter and and do go above and beyond basically um you know to fulfill yes. whatever fantasy she has and, and and i'm glad you brought that up too because it reminds me of a comment i made at, at the top of the episode where we've made so many things that this versus that when there's room for both and and i think that that's the case here when it comes to sex you know if it's aggressive or raunchy you know sometimes i can come from a selfish place of like no like hey you're gonna do what i want you to do but here there's there's tenderness like he caresses it a little bit which is how sex can be like it it should be thinking of the other person and wanting to please them you know so that comes from a place of selflessness 
Um, so I think that, and if you look at the B side uh, of this, like you said, with sex, and then underneath that you have when to are in love. I don't think that that's an accident. You know, like that that sex is a nuanced experience for both people. You know, yeah, it can be aggressive, it can be exciting, but it can also be, you know, tender. And you are thinking of the other person. You know, like it can be passionate in in a, in a pure way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agreed, hundred percent. Um, well said. Anything else with the chorus before we move on, Chris? No, no, I, th- I think we've covered it. Okay, so after that line, because today I'm going to be your fantasy, we get the second verse, and I think again this really they 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 meld well together. Like they they the theme of that last line, just like with the end of the first verse going into the chorus, and now the end of the first or the last line of the chorus going into the second verse, to me really goes well together. second verse is much shorter than the first the lines are my dearest my dearest whisper a question with my body and he there's some echoing going on here with my body i'll scream a reply anything's acceptable just ask me and i'll try it to hell with hesitation to hell with the reasons why so the reason why i said i think i think that they go well together that last line tonight i'm going to be your fantasy in the second verse is because he's asking you know he seems to be he seems to be asking a lot of questions you know he wants to you know basically have them throw caution to the wind and mm-hmm. there's nothing that he wouldn't consider doing with her right just ask me and i'll try it you know throw away hesitation and get rid of your reasons why that you might say no or might not even consider doing this what I'm, you know, suggesting that we do, or if it's something that's been in your fantasy, meaning like the last line of the chorus, mm-hmm. now's the time. You know, present present your fantasies to me, and we'll see if we can make it happen. Uh, I'm open to it. Is what he's kind of saying, and this is what I'm yeah. hearing in the second chorus or the second verse. Yeah. Um, what do you see here, Chris? That kind of calls out to you, or what do you like about the second verse? Yeah, um, what I like about the second verse is uh, something I've shared about uh, about the song "Adore." Uh, is that Prince's style was being able to tug on women's heartstrings as well as their bra straps, and that's exactly what this second verse does. There's there's tenderness, yet there's a little bit of excitement and raunchiness to it. Of like, you know, hey, like, you know, I'm I'm down for whatever. Like, you know, let, let's let, let's let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. Anything's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Just ask me, and I'll try it. So even if it's stuff that he's never done himself, he feels that comfortable with her and she and he's trying to um, make sure that he provides an avenue for her to feel that same comfort level with him. Right. You know, ask me and I'll try it to hell with the hesitations to hell with the reasons why. So, again, I think that we pretty much are in agreement that this second verse is has tenderness but also a lot of eroticism and mm-hmm. open openness to exploring whatever you know fantasies that the two of them have together 
So then we get the chorus again. The chorus is the same. Scandalous. I'm talking about you and me. Marvelous. Baby, baby, can't you see? Anything you've ever dreamed of, I'm willing to be. Tonight it's going to be scandalous, because tonight I'm going to be your fantasy. And then we get what I'll call the third verse. Um, there's a couple of lines here at the very beginning of this verse where he just kind of speaks the words. Oh, girl, the things you make me do. Genius is the only way to describe you. girl the things you make me do genius is the only way to describe you and then he goes back into his singing voice anything you've ever dreamed of baby just ask me i'll do i'll do i'll do it for you baby anything at all spirits rise and spirits fall anything you ever dreamed of i'm willing to be tonight it's going to be scandalous because tonight i'm tonight i'm going to be your fantasy mm-hmm. so a lot of kind of like the same sentiments being expressed here in the third verse chris what what do you what do you see or like about this lack kind of last grouping of original lyrics or lines yeah um the the this lyric here gives me two perspectives uh you know oh girl the things you make me do genius is the only way to describe you um so the one aspect of it, if we keep it within the context of the batman soundtrack this is batman you know sort of admitting to Vicky Vale, like, hey, like, I didn't think it was possible for anybody to, you know, to crack the code on me, but you found a way in when I didn't expect it, you know, because Batman is always known for thinking 10 steps ahead of everybody, you know, um, but here he is, he's vulnerable, but he has no problem admitting that to her because he he knows that it's consensual and it's, uh, you know, there's a respect there. Um, so within the context of the Batman soundtrack, that's how that line strikes me. And then, uh, on the other side of it, if we put it in Prince terms, um, I'm reminded of, uh, you know, the approach that he brought to the Love Sexy album. You know, there is an adoration for the female anatomy, and he's always had that. But I also think that he's marveled at the, you know, the pairing of one man and one woman. You know, like just the intimacy that that he and Vicky Vale, the, the Vicky Vale character, or just any woman that, you know, that, that Prince was seeing at that time. You know, like he's, you know, in awe of the intimacy that comes out of that. You know, it, it is a beautiful thing, which is what sex is supposed to be. I think we've uh, we've turned it into something nasty just because it's, you know, it's in our nature to kind of ruin things. Um, for for instance, you know, people have described sex as doing the nasty, you know, like mm. it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be that way. You know, so it, if you're projecting something onto something that's pure, then that says more about you than it does about, you know, whatever it is you're you're looking at. So. Um, that's how I read that, that particular line from two different perspectives. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. And I, I always find it interesting when he uses the word genius, which isn't very often. I don't know if I've ever really run across him using the word genius in a song. And it's just interesting to me because people use that word 
to describe Prince a lot, right? Especially now that he's that he's passed on. Mm-hmm. Genius. Prince is a genius. He's a musical genius. He's a you know savant, et cetera, et cetera. And you know it's genuine. People aren't aren't just blowing smoke up his ass because he's not here anymore. So it's really just like people genuinely believe that he was a musical genius, and I'm I don't argue with that because I I agree. Right. So for him to say that in a song, in a love song, uh, I think it's just it's just there's something interesting about it um, for him to use that term to you know speak or to uh, describe his lover, you know, as a genius. Yeah. It just makes me wonder, like, he must really have that same affection for her to call her something so flattering. I mean, that's that's a, that's a really flattering thing to say about somebody, is to call them a genius. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. It kind of it makes me think, like, he really is into her mind, too, you know? Yes. Uh, he's, he's into more than just her body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the physical aspects of her that he finds attractive, he's into her mind because you don't call somebody with a with a smoking body a genius. Right. Yeah. If that's, not, <laughs> if that, if that's <laughs> all they have and all they all they have to offer genius is not typically a word you would use. Right. Right. And and that when I think of the muses that Prince had in his career, I would say that God takes the top spot because of love sexy. And there's other songs throughout his catalog where you could see the influence that God has had on his music, but then right underneath that would be a woman. Like there have been plenty of women in in his life that have uh, inspired some of his greatest work, you know, Vanity with the Beautiful Ones, uh, you know, Susanna with If I Was Your Girlfriend and Adore, you know, things like that. Um, I think that this, you know, whether he is given this credit to Kim Basinger, or I think around this time he was also dating, uh, you know, Anna Fantastic around this time. So maybe she was the initial inspiration for it. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, I think women have a great way of motivating men, and I think that that's his way of like, you know, like, man, girl, the things you make me do, like, man, you know, like, yeah. like he's, yeah, like that's his way of like, you know, tipping his hat, you know, showing respect to uh, to the opposite sex. Yeah, God and women would be his top two muses for sure. I would agree with you yeah. there. Yeah, man. I mean, Maite yeah, inspired a whole album worth of Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the Kama Sutra. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. just multiple albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Emancipation and all that, yeah. For sure, for sure. And, and what I just also like about, or maybe not like, but just wanted to point out, I don't have any you know, negative thoughts either. I'm not trying to say I don't like it, but he just keeps repeating like throughout this the sentiment in this third verse, similar to what he's in the second verse, that he'll basically mm-hmm. he'll do anything. Just ask me. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it for you, baby. Anything at all. Yeah. Like he just keeps repeating that. Anything you've ever dreamed of, I'm willing to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's almost like he's begging her to to push his boundaries a little bit. Um, almost like like he's not wanting to be the aggressor and or the initiator of whatever it is that they're gonna do. Like, it's really up to her. Like, she needs to communicate that. And whatever she wants to do, he's willing to do. But he wants almost, I get the feeling that he wants her to push his boundaries a bit in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I dig that. I dig that. Because it's almost like he's, I wouldn't say he's taking a submissive role in this relationship or this sexual encounter specifically. Yeah, but he's basically saying like I am willing to do anything. You have to tell me what it is that you want to do. And there's certain mm-hmm. songs that Prince will flip that, you know, and he'll 
he'll talk about what he's going to do to her or do with yeah. her. And he's, and he's very, you know, aggressive and communicative about those things. This one, it's, it's just so open-ended because he's just saying, whatever it is you want to do, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want me to be, I'll be it. Tonight, yeah. it's all about you. It's about your fantasies and fulfilling your fantasies and however I can participate and facilitate that. That's what I'm here for. You tell mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that, that triggered a thought um, that, that, that came to me was um, I could also read that line as if both Vicky Vale and Batman are telling each other the same thing of like, you know, hey, like, I, I know we're both, you know, kind of intimidated by the situation. Like, there's a lot at risk here, but, but it's okay. Like, I want you to know that it's okay. So I think that's why they're both repeating it to each other in a way of, you know, hey, I want you to know, like, hey, I'm willing to do whatever, you know, that's going to make this thing work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting song from that perspective, just because Prince does typically, not always, there's other examples, but he typically takes a more, um, just a more dominant approach. Yeah. A more assertive approach. Assertive. Thank you. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. A more assertive approach. And this one, he's not being absurd, assertive at all, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than just, he's telling her he's willing to do whatever, but that's, that's a very passive kind of approach. Like whatever you want to do, I'll do it. I'll be, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't make it less, less sexy. It doesn't make it less. I mean, like women, I think there needs to be a give and take with that. Like in a, in a healthy, sexual relationship there should be give and take there it shouldn't always be one person being the assertive one uh, unless they agree ahead of time that that's how they want their sexual relationship to be yeah but for the most part having it be like hey tonight it's going to be all about you tonight's going to be fulfilling your fantasies maybe tomorrow Mm -hmm. night we'll you know we'll we'll get down we'll get you know figure out what it is that i'm interested in and open up my little Kama Sutra book and <laughs> find, <laughs> find something to get into. Um, yeah, tonight, yeah. tonight, tonight, we've already pre-established this. This is what we're doing. It's all about you and me, but also it's also about your fantasies. And um, yeah, that's scandalous, man. That's scandalous. That's the song. Yeah, it is. It is. And and, and even even there, I think that there is a little bit of assertiveness there um, by him. You know reaffirming her saying hey like you know just ask me i'll do i'll do it for you like so he is setting the tone and 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 i say that because i I think human beings you know we both have logic and emotion i think men most men tend to lean more towards logic and women tend to lean more towards emotion so i think prince is prince slash batman is you know putting it out there like he's more assertive and saying like hey let me tell you that hey this is okay and then in return, she knows that it's going to be okay, and she'll show that through her actions, through her emotions. Yeah, yeah, good point. Because, um, yeah. you know, by default, Batman, the character, uh, has to be more assertive and aggressive in his, you know, day-to-day life, mm-hmm. just by the nature of who he is and what he does. So this is this is kind of his way of passing over, you know, that, or passing that um, baton to her, that right. he's okay with taking a different different role tonight yeah man all right um so that takes us to the end of the song the chorus is repeated again and then you know there's just another 
repeating of scandalous marvelous as the song ends but beyond that you know we 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 pretty much captured and covered the entire scope of the lyrics it's a longish song it's over six minutes long mm-hmm. the album version there's a radio edit that's just over three and the seven inch edit is a little over four mm-hmm. um but it's it's a very lyric heavy track there isn't a lot of music changes or you know chord changes or there's no guitar solos or piano solos or anything like that there's a little bit of saxophone i think and uh, one and of the rapture. versions yeah mm-hmm. the rapture that's the one mm-hmm. but otherwise it's a fairly fairly stripped down simple song musically speaking like the bells at the very beginning the ding ding mm-hmm. then you got the swelling of the kind of the st- strings um but beyond that that's the songs chris so do you have any final thoughts on the track itself I do. I do. Um, yeah, we, we mentioned the rapture a moment ago. Uh, I, I was going to say that uh, the rapture, if you take Alexa to Paris, you know, like the guitar work that he did there, it, like to me, so I'll put it in a statement. The rapture is Alexa to Paris meets when two are in love and it explodes in Batman's pants. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of <laughs> graphic, but, but, but again, like you take that, you know, the, the, you know, the finesse, you know, guitar work of Alexa to Paris. And then you take the the vulnerability and the intimacy of, of when two are in love, which I don't think it's a coincidence that it's on the B side of, of the EP, you know, and you just merge those together. And that's what the rapture is um, in one song. Um, and speaking of the scandalous sex suite, I would also make the argument that the, the scandalous sex suite is why many babies were born nine months after November 28th, 1989, when it dropped. <laughs> so, um, I think there so are you some summer people, of 1990 babies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Some of y'all owe your very lives to Prince and you better put some respect on your daddy's name. You better say thank you. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. But that that that's all I have, man. Um, yeah, the, the scandalous sex we uh, again, you know, you know, does all the check marks that I gave you, cinematic storytelling, uh, genre blurring sounds, limitless vocal range, you have your guitar guide moments, there's global appeal, and there's a little touch of the bizarre, you know, that, that comes with any Prince record. So um it ticks all the boxes for me and I consider it a classic. What about you? Yeah, no, I agree. I love this song. Um, I put it scandalous up there with, I know people are going to say, what? But I put it up there with Do Me Baby and The Doors, some of his yes. uh, his, his top tier balladry. Mm-hmm. And not just in the 80s either, just like across the entire career. Same here. I love this Same song. Here. I love this song. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I, yeah I, would, I would definitely say it's top five uh, for me personally. I would also throw in uh, Joint Repetition uh, in that conversation. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, so it's it's definitely up there amongst the other top five. I've seen some people say that Insatiable is Scandalous's poor cousin. To me, that's a <laughs> I, I, I I get it. Like I know there's some sarcasm there, but to me, I I I think that's kind of a that's a bit of a dig. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. Do, do you think that, like do you see a lot of similarities between Insatiable? And scandalous, and do you see it as lesser than, or do you think it's you know it's all uh, I see similarities for sure, mm-hmm. and I don't like insatiable as, as much as I like scandalous. I'll just be honest. I like insatiable, yeah, that's, but I, that's I find scandalous to be. I like the way he performs the song better. I think insatiable. Um, I don't know, just something about it. I, I like it, but it, it's just maybe not as musically compelling to me. 
mm-hmm. as scandalous. I like the, the I like the strings, I like the uh, you know the bells, and I like Prince's vocal performance here better. Yes, uh, but they're they're very comparable to me. I, I, they're it's not like one is is significantly less impressive. They're both very good songs, and mm-hmm. I just if you're asking me to choose one, I'm choosing Scandalous. Yeah, me too. Uh, between the two, I'm, I'm picking Scandalous every day and twice on Sunday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, well, Chris, um, where can people find you and, and what you're up to? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, the handle is Chris Lacey 1990, and um, as far as uh, Prince uh, projects that I'm working on, I am uh, I'm working on Love Sexy 35. That'll be the next article that I'm working on. And uh, I, I just checked. Uh, I, I was working on the article uh, yesterday. And if I if I leave it as is, which is like unpolished and unfinished, I've already got 30 minutes worth of notes. Like it would take you 30 minutes to read everything. Um, so I, I, I will be trimming okay. it down. <laughs> yeah. Like I've just been, I've been a madman with this, uh, love sexy, uh, 35 project. And, um, w- when it's done, I think people, whether you've been a longtime Prince fan or you're a casual Prince fan, there's going to be something for you to, to pull away from this record. And, and hopefully you'll take it with you, uh, you know, next time that you listen to it and you're like, oh, wow. You know, I remember, I remember Chris saying this and it's been there all along in the record. I just didn't realize it. So like the, the, that's the reason why I enjoy uh, telling the stories that I tell. Yeah, cool. Well, I look forward to reading that when you're ready to drop it on us. And of course, Love sexy was a, an amazing, amazing project. Yeah, you um, helped me on, you know, navigate that album as well with uh, anesthesia. So appreciate mm. that. People need to check that episode out if you haven't already. Yeah. So thanks, Chris, for joining me on Scandalous. Thank you for having me, man. I, I, I don't know what else you have planned, but I would love to come back if I'm still invited. <laughs> you, you certainly are. Well, we'll we'll collaborate again, I promise. Cool, cool. All right, this has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. That's where you can follow the show. Check out um, what I'm also up to, non-podcast related, but still Prince related. I post heavily on all of those social media platforms. PressRewind.net is the website that I use to host the show. I also do some writing on there, not to the uh, extent that Chris does, but certainly (laughs) um, I've dipped my toes into other genres. I mean, I'm a fan of music in general, so uh, I love all types of music. So, you know, check it out when you get a chance. And until next time, thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye.